I am really excited for our, our show this summer. We're opening for a band called Empire Strikes Brass. We're going to play the Mandalorian theme while we open for them. And I thought it was really funny because we just kind of decided naturally like, hey, it's the same key. It will flow really well if we go into this next song that we wrote, of which is titled They've Gone Plaid, which is a Spaceballs reference. <laughs> Mandalorian theme is pretty fun, too. It's pretty cool. You still haven't watched uh, Mandalorian, right? I haven't. I still have to watch Mandalorian. I do like the premise that it's a little bit further removed from the grand saga of Star Wars because those those movies do a lot of work to make that universe seem big. But I don't really think it feels as big until you're able to take away all the grandiose stuff around it. Well, yeah, and it's weird, too, because it's like, how come everyone in the galaxy knows who Han Solo is? <laughs> yeah. Like, they just wouldn't. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird to me that Force Awakens starts with these characters thinking of Luke, Leia, and Han as legends, like yeah. myth. And uh, and they're they're just, like, in their <laughs> fucking 70s, you know? Right. Like, wait, oh, you, you don't have a, a, a Jawa book account? Like, you can't just add them as a friend? <laughs> you know? Right. Like, Maybe it actually is better that the uh, main characters in Star Wars don't have social media because I think a more realistic depiction would be that if these folks were celebrities and they were on, like, a social media platform in the Star Wars universe, everyone would be like, yeah, man, that Luke Skywalker guy, like, he's cool. He uh, defeated the Empire, but, man, he's really a uh, he big dumbass, huh? Oh, yeah. Like, he's so dumb. <laughs> his, uh, his tweets are just kind of, like, off the wall, so... All Jawas matter? What the fuck? <laughs> Luke, what the fuck? Your uh, assessment of Mandalorian is correct, uh, so much so that the episodes that do, that they do try to have, like, a cameo or expand upon this universe are the worst ones, easily. Oh, fun. Obi-Wan might be a cool show, but I also can't help but to think that you know, it, will it do anything interesting? I actually am letting myself be excited for Obi-Wan. If it's just going to be a bunch of fan service and we're all just yelling, play the hits, <laughs> uh, I would like a scene with Force Ghost Qui-Gon and get Frank Oz in there to be the Yoda puppet again. Like, fuck it. Who Like, if you're going to do this, do whatever, it right. fine. It's a, it is theme park rides, so fine. I'll put my hands up and say we, and that's I, fine. Ian McGregor's going to charm charm the heck out of it, I'm sure. And they're already teasing that him and Darth Vader are going to have like a heck of a rematch. So I guess they're just remaking A New Hope and hoping we won't notice. <laughs> the Disney machine is churning, and by golly, it just won't stop churning. Nope. I'm also looking forward to Moon Knight. I'm letting myself be excited for that one. I saw a thing in passing, thank you algorithm, that Moon Knight you, is algorithm. disconnected from the greater MCU. It is? That's a thing that I saw uh, while scrolling through one of these social media feeds. That's I hadn't heard that. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Not that I don't trust you, but I just feel like with the everything Marvel, even being like a comic fan, people always try to extrapolate things or make it something more than it is. Uh, the example I always go to is Captain America Winter Soldier is a political thriller. Uh, and the answer is always, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, I like Winter Soldier. It's a movie I enjoy. It is not a political thriller. I would say that, is that a reliable news source? No, it's it's not reliable. It mm -hmm. is a thing I saw in passing. Thank you, algorithm. Thank you, algorithm. And, uh, and, and you know, I, I just like, oh, okay. And that, I moved on with my day because I don't, I don't care. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. I feel like I can be a pretty opinionated person, and I was certainly a very opinionated young man. Would you say that you were part of the nerd crew? Yeah, nerd crew is very cool. I'd love to be a part of them someday. (laughs) I feel like as I've gotten a little older, there's just something so freeing about choosing to not have an opinion. (laughs) Just like, you know what? I don't care. I don't actually care about that. This reminds me of a quote that... I saw in passing from Keanu Reeves about like people who just say yes. <laughs> like crazy shit where like, oh yeah, the earth is flat. And he's just like, okay, you're right. You are absolutely correct. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And he just fucking moves on. And like, I don't care. Fuck you. If I can uh, take your brain to hell real quick, if I can go through the event horizon, I saw that same post and then someone tried to say that that's like privilege. <laughs> and I went, well, okay. Yeah. And the, and my, the, my response was the meme that you were absolutely correct. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, it is privilege in the sense that I'm privileged to not have to interact with and argue with flat earthers. Thank well, you. Way to show your Star Wars privilege. You don't care about the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> You know that it's our time. These are the best days of our lives. Just raise your glasses high. This one's for you tonight. Welcome back to Surprise Mechanics, the only podcast about reality television. And it's my mother freaking birthday. Happy birthday. Joining me as always. Excuse me? Happy birthday. Well, thank you. Uh, Now, can can you say that again when I introduce you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Joining me as always, my co host, Michael Jones. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. Yeah, happy birthday, Roman. Thank you. I'm 30. I'm a big grown adult now, and I'm doing what every adult does on their 30th birthday, uh, talking to my friend, sitting at the computer, talking to my friend through the microphone, and uh, we're going to watch some reality television. I am a man now. Oh, wait, we're, we're watching it now? I thought we were just talking about what we watched. I'm always watching it. I'm in that thing from Ready Player One, and I'm always watching Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> you're, you're, you're simply like immersed in it at all times. You have a VR mm-hmm. headset on. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm taking I'm taking creatine. I'm drinking multiple protein shakes. I'm getting a spray tan. I'm a Vanderpump boy, a Vander boy. And and you you found the uh, the the long lost 3D masters of all seasons of <laughs> Vanderpump Rules, where you can insert right. yourself into Sir. Yep, they still had the matte paintings back then. <laughs> Uh, so in case anyone missed our last episode or is wondering why the hell we're talking about a reality television show, Michael and I struck a, a, a blood oath this year that we each get to subject each other to some form of torment for our birthdays. At least that was my reading of it. I skimmed the contract. And so this year I've chosen this reality TV show and, um, th- the original agreement was we were each going to watch the first three seasons. Michael, how far did you get, buddy? I got through the first season and that's it. I just. Yep. And that's okay. We had this discussion off mic. I just want everyone to know uh, Michael's employment status is safe. Yeah. I I struggled. So, So, you know, to be honest, I was kind of hoping like one of two things would happen. And that is 
Mike, you would develop some kind of like an ironic attachment to the show, uh, which for the record is not my, I, I, I enjoy the show unironically. Uh, the other thing I was hoping to happen was like the small part of your brain that's like made of cotton candy and bullshit. And, and some part and some people is bigger than in others. Uh, I kind of hoped maybe that part of your brain would latch onto it and you would get some sort of a, a, a fun enjoyment out of this. And uh, neither of those things happened. Yeah, no, it didn't latch on. Um, in fact, I really don't remember quite a lot <laughs> of what I have watched. So I think if anything, my brain repressed a lot of this experience. Well, I'm so happy to hear you say that, because my next question was, Mike, to get us started, why don't you tell everyone what Vanderpump Rules is about? Well, I can at least do this. This is a task (laughs) I can handle. Prove it. So Vanderpump Rules (laughs) is a reality show Mm -hmm. on Bravo TV, Mm -hmm. which which I I believe Roman's having me do this as a just pure entertainment for himself as like, oh, yeah, I made my friend describe this reality TV show Mm -hmm. on air. Words are coming out of your mouth. On air. Put, putting you on blast so it's back and forth baby but uh yeah it's uh uh, uh lisa vanderpump of the real housewives of beverly hills am mm-hmm. i correct mm-hmm. um owns a <laughs> restaurant in la called sir and uh S-U-R. what does that stand for do you know uh i it, it, i think it's something to do with sexy i can't remember the re- i can't remember Are it you all sitting down I want to make sure I don't want to. I, don't want I think to, the know. R is a restaurant. It stands for sexy, unique restaurant. Okay, I was I was two thirds of the way correct. I was I had two thirds yeah. of it. That's a passing grade. I, I I think so. You can dismantle your cork board with all the strings going from like different <laughs> pictures to try to figure out what it stands for. <laughs> uh, really uh, having a Pepe Silva moment. So yes, Lisa Vanderpump owns this uh, restaurant called Sir in Los Angeles, and uh, uh, she hires a uh, well a, a wild variety of characters uh, who in some like shape or fashion are obsessed with uh, just making it in LA as actors, actresses, um, singers, models, whatever sort of fame that they can, they can grasp at. And um, a lot of those efforts that I have seen kind of fall flat Um, aside from the fact that this reality show made them literally famous um, and within that, these people are so like uh, passionate about that pursuit that they are clawing each over each other to get to it. Yes. Um, not in like an American idol or survivor type of way, but, um, these people are all dating each other and it seems like they hate each other at the same time. It's interesting whenever you get a character on the show, because like, I mean, that is like it feels weird to refer to like real humans as that. But that's what they are. Like they're characters on the show. Uh, whenever you get someone who is like not interested in being on the show, it is so funny. It like just breaks that fiction wide open. My favorite person who I don't think you would have even seen in season one, Michael, is uh, Lisa has a son named Max and Max is on the show Every now and then enough where you know who he is and he has some some seasons. He's a bigger part than others, but he never gives a shit so much so that in the newest season, uh, there's like uh, one of the characters stories is they like uh, he got into this big fight with Max and him and Max were old friends. And so like the producers have him apologize to Max on camera and Max literally goes. 
yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just would not care. Just can you please leave my house? It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so Max is a uh, Max Todd. You're a king. I do appreciate that. There's a um, there, there there's there's a lot of reality TV that I just really don't mesh well with. Like it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. And um, there is absolutely like the the people who break the the facade are my people when it comes to mm-hmm. reality TV. The last reality television that I watched, um, like really in earnest, uh, was probably the Tester. Uh, Sony's PlayStation video game reality show where they were trying to pick a, a QA tester out of a crowd with a reality TV show spin. And um, Aaron Hansen, Ego Raptor of Game Grumps and Newgrounds fame, was one of the contestants selected for it. And, well, gosh, the, the guy just, like, kept doing everything he could do to annoy the producers. And <laughs> I respect that so much. Yeah. Let's go to the first episode of Vanderpump Rules. And before we kind of introduce our cast to the listeners, uh, I want to add a little bit of context because uh, sort of what we're kind of dancing around here is reality TV. I think everyone knows this can be kind of predatory. And I say kind of and I mean, like extremely uh, depending on the show. There are some shows that are more notorious than others. Uh, And in Vanderpump, you definitely get a sense of like certain scenes are really staged, but it's interesting. Like I told this to you, Michael, and I'm happy to uh, extrapolate on it further as we go along. I kind of understand why people like professional wrestling after getting so into the show, because you do see how these people are creating a fiction or at least a representation of their lives on camera. And there are multiple instances of the show where like stuff gets shot down because people just don't want to talk about it on camera. And I think what makes Vanderpump interesting is a lot of these people are real friends. And even though, like you said, Michael, it seems like they hate each other. There are these moments where they kind of respect each other's boundaries, like when it matters, like it's one of those weird things. I don't think any of these people are necessarily good people. (laughs) I I don't want to meet any of them. I don't want to hang out with them. But sort of a a reason I don't I feel like it's the social contract that is being made with these folks being on a reality TV show is that they are going to be handsomely rewarded for their time and for doing this. And we are allowed to kind of laugh at them and talk about them. But in the very first episode, one of the main characters, her name is Kristen Doty. She says that they all want to be famous. It's the show is made up of like, you know, B-roll style documentary footage and then these like uh, confessionals where they're, you know, the people are talking to producers who are off camera. The classic format. Yes. Yeah. Very basic stuff. And but the show does look really good. I will say they get a lot of really good coverage. They clearly uh, the the guy, the the folks behind the cameras know what they're doing. The show is pretty delightful to watch just because it's like a little bit sensory overload, which I think is fine for what they're doing here. Um, But Kristen Doty says they all want to be famous. And if they would have panned the camera over just a few degrees to the right, we would have gotten a beautiful shot of the monkey's paw curling because (laughs) they have become famous and uh, uh, undeniably so. Our main players are, of course, Lisa Vanderpump, the owner of Sir and executive producer of the show. And then there's a man named Jax Taylor who is dating a woman named Stassi Schroeder. And we all have Kristen Doty, as I mentioned, who is dating uh, Tom Sandoval. And then we have... Katie Maloney, who's best friends with Stassi and, and uh, Kristen, who is dating a guy named Tom Schwartz. And then there's a new girl named Sheena. And the show expands as we go on, but that's basically it for season one. So it's essentially the group is essentially three couples and Sheena. <laughs> I want to talk about Jax Taylor for a minute here, because on this rewatch, I noticed something interesting. Michael, have you heard of a concept called the hero edit? The hero edits. Is that anything at all like the hero's journey? 
It's the exact same, actually. Joseph Campbell copied it. Uh, a hero edit is a technique used. It's like a mandate in reality television where producers say this person has to look good or this couple has to look good. They are our hero this season. This is the story we're telling. Uh, so, you know, you use the most flattering clips, you take out footage that makes this person look bad. I'm convinced watching this that Jax Taylor was given the hero edit in okay. season one. But what's so funny about Jax Taylor and the character he is, the, the kind of person he is, is he just cannot get out of his own way. And as you watch more of this show, you, Jax is just like a total problematic doofus. Yeah, he really did seem like uh, <laughs> he really did seem like the kind of person that like he's always being described as like leaving in the middle of the night and just like you don't know where he has gone and it's kind of like uh, this this boy who has not grown up yet he's like thirty three or some yes. shit. Yes. Yeah, and, and I was gonna say the show really kind of puts itself as like a coming of age story for Jax Taylor, and you know age is a, a is, is just a number, and I'm definitely not just saying that as a means to cope. Uh, but you know, everyone kind of becomes who they are at a different period, but Jax is in his thirties when the show starts. And it is like at a certain point, it is kind of required in the normal world for you to have like your shit a little more figured out, <laughs> at least to be able to like function in society. Um, and, and we, we meet this guy and the story we're told is that it's very much like kind of the end of an era. Like he is a model, like like every guy is on the show. His modeling career is kind of dwindling. He wants to get serious about settling down with Stasi, who doesn't like that he has to like he has to do these modeling jobs. Like she's kind of insecure about it. And that's like where this show starts. And then in episode two, they break up <laughs> and they've been in a relationship for like years. Like they are like described as the glue that brought this group together. If this was like a drama movie, that's like an interesting time to meet a character like Jax Taylor. It's also funny because a lot of the characters surrounding them, like, look at that as well. Like I, I just for everything that I do happen to remember of this show of this season it, one of the things that stands out in my mind is um, like other people trying to convince Stasi to, you know, like, but you guys are so good. You can't do that. You know, like people on, on, on the fringes telling them how to manage their relationship with each other, which, yes. you know, I, I, anything with reality TV, I can't tell if that was them genuinely doing that because that's how they felt or, um, which also is like a, a kind of like a like a, a weird thing to do. Like, don't go and insert yourself into someone else's romantic relationship and tell them how to function. Um, it's not your business or your place, um, <laughs> unless you're polyamorous. You know who fucking cares then? But like, right? Uh, which they're uh, definitely not. <laughs> it, it, right? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> like, uh, like a uh, very obviously so. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I can't tell if you know the producers are like, hey, you should you should suggest that they do this. You know. You know, because it, it, that's the thing that always gets me about reality TV. Anything that happens at all, as minuscule as, you know, just a, a passing comment to as big as like several scenes worth of conflict. Um, I can't tell what was legitimate and what was uh, like 
poked and prodded by the producers. I just default to a perspective that everything was a fire started by a producer on the show and that none of it is actually real or reality as it's, you know, given the moniker. I know these are real people. I know that there's some reality here to to gather, but like the the presentation of the show I don't see as real mm-hmm. at all. Like it, it oh, is it's definitely not. Yeah. It is it is total fantasy in my eyes. I think your instinct is like a healthy one to have. And I think a lot of times, like I said, there's like clearly moments in the show that are produced, but these folks are just so messy and they're so eager and willing to share their lives on TV that the producers can just kind of be like, why don't you go tell them the truth? (laughs) And then they do like, oh, and to go back to Jax for just a second, my final note about him this season is he is. The story involving Jackson Stasi this season, a love triangle develops with this other guy named Frank, who's only on the show for this season, who uh, like some meta behind the scenes stuff and is also like a total piece of shit. Basically, Frank swoops in after they break up and starts like him and Stasi start a fling. And Jax had really confided in this guy and he starts spilling all of Jax's secrets. And Frank tells Stasi that he got someone pregnant in Vegas a couple months ago and uh, they paid to have an abortion. And that is like the thing going around. That's the dark cloud that hangs over. And Stasi gets kind of alienated from her friends because nobody wants to believe it. Jax denies it with every ounce of his being. And then in the finale, the producers clearly just did exactly what you're describing, Michael. And they said, why don't you just go uh, go? And and he tells her the truth, which is he did that. It actually happened. And it does feel like there's a shift in dynamic there. Like for the rest of the show, not only is the show not afraid to portray Jax, uh, Jax a little more honestly. His name's not even Jax, by the way. It's Jason Couchy. Uh, <laughs> it's a real <laughs> Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing when you're dealing with Jax or Jason. At the end of every season, there's like, first off, there's a reunion and the reunions are incredible because they just put all these people in a room and let them scream at each other. Uh, it's like it's always sunny, but it's real. Uh, and in later seasons, the reunions are like three parts. <laughs> like it's just an eight hour day, maybe a 10 hour day of these people just shouting into their vocal cords like rub raw. <sighs> uh, it's so fucking good. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, uh, but after the reunion, there's always like a bonus episode just of like footage they didn't use kind of a thing. And I watched the season one bonus episode for the first time. And there are like more than one scene of Jax just looking like a straight up asshole that would a hundred percent have been included in future seasons of the show, but they cut out for season one. Cause he is like the guy you're supposed to root for. Uh, Tom ends up getting like a bigger part in future seasons and they bring on more guys. And Jax is definitely still the main guy. Like he's not even on the show anymore and he's still the thumbnail on Hulu, but uh, he's the number one guy in the group, so to speak. What'd you think about Stassi, buddy? You know, I didn't like anybody on this show <laughs> and this mm-hmm. is no exception. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want me to describe her character? Cause like you, you, you nailed it earlier. She is very insecure. Um, yeah. I mean, there is also, a legitimacy to that because like the person she is dating is not uh like very trustworthy at the, right. at, at, at their core so it is uh like there there is some merit to that um where you know they're they're suspicious and they have reason to be but um it it seems to be a thing that uh permeates through every other part of their life it, it leads to a lot of bullshit it leads a lot to more more conflict and and more yelling at each other and uh, Stasi really likes to point fingers at people and blame them for things and along with that Stasi also likes to treat people she deems as lesser than her, herself as garbage and and make them do things uh for her uh and some kind of like hope for redemption in her eyes but she'll never give 
She's pretty stuck up. Would not hang out with. Would not be friends. What makes me most frustrated about Stasi is um, at times she has like the most level head on her shoulders, which is crazy. Like it's hard to describe how crazy that is until you watch the show. But there's a lot of times Stasi will say something and you're like, it's the meme. The worst person, you know, just made a great point. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, yeah, I mean, she definitely of ev- of almost everyone in this world, uh, this like very specific, strange environment they all occupy is the one that seems to have the best like head on her shoulders at times. Uh, she's definitely messy uh, and, and continues to be. She's actually no longer on the show. She got fired. Uh, I can tell you more about it later. I, I can tell you're really interested, Michael. The same can be said, I think, for Katie. Katie gets uh, a really bad rap like in the the people who follow this show. And I think she gets done dirty a lot in the edit. But I think Katie also can be like pretty reasonable, except they all have a drinking problem and she gets very mad when they drink. <laughs> Like they're all like constantly fucked up. Oh, uh, great. It's, it's like, it's crazy. Like they, yeah, for real. It's a good mix. It's a really good mix. And especially I could imagine like not only being, uh, employees at a, at a, at a restaurant with uh, a fair amount of alcohol around them, but just like, again, like producers will see that and probably take advantage of it. And that's not a good thing either. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I do know, do you remember, it might be a big ask. I know. Uh, I think it is the first episode where there's a scene where they're all at a table sitting outside and they're like St- uh, Stassi and Jax are in like the middle of an argument and everyone's kind of chiming in like they do. And to be fair, it's like this is like happening in front of them. So it's kind of natural to be like, do you guys have to talk about this right now? <laughs> the only thing in my mind that I remember of what you're describing is mm-hmm. that like everybody is arguing over each other and I can't mm-hmm. really clearly make out what is even occurring. So that that's, that's my memory. And that could be anything in the show to just to <laughs> let everyone know that could be like from season one or season nine. Uh, and, uh, it, but it comes to this moment, which is like, uh, an iconic Vanderpump rules moment where, uh, Jax makes a comment like, what am I going to do? Go back and get in bed with the devil. And Stasi looks at it and says, I am the devil. And don't you forget it. I do remember that. I do remember that's that the line. first scene they shot. Like not only not only do I remember that line, um, I I remember it very distinctly because it was in the like the the next time on like it was it was very mm-hmm. very like heavily highlighted. I think the producers saw that and were like, ooh, that's gold. We're gonna we're yep. gonna plaster that everywhere. You're Stasi, exactly right. Stasi playing right into their hands. I'm pretty sure from what happened, like the producers that they shot that scene and first everything they shot for the show. And they were like, oh, we got something here because I don't want to let the producers off this easy. But I do know, like uh, these people on the show do a lot of interviews. They've really built up successful careers for themselves doing this. This is very much a willing partnership between them and the producers. And some of them will be very transparent and very honest if they feel like something has been misconstrued, but they are careful when they do it. And you could all, you could definitely read into that as like, well, that's job security, right? They're not going to call it every single thing. They're doing very well for themselves is all I'm saying. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, financially, uh, fame, but, uh, mentally, Hey, yeah, who's to say? <laughs> well, and it's it's also interesting, too, because this show is about, you know, these young people working at this bar. But then as the show goes on, they all clearly are getting like wealthier and wealthier because they're negotiating for better pay for being on the show. So much so to the point where you can definitely tell there's a few seasons in the middle where no one is actually working there. Like they'll have them come in and do like shoots behind the bar to like stage it. 
there's this one really great scene where I think it's, it might be gay pride. Cause that's always featured. They always shoot in the summer and like the LA gay pride is always like a huge event that they're right in West Hollywood. So it's like right in the heart of the festivities. And I think the show is very proud to put itself like front and center to show that they're being allies. There's a scene where someone tries to order a mojito and Jack's just straight up goes, no, no, I'm not making that. You want a beer? <laughs> Wow. It's like he obviously doesn't work there anymore and doesn't want to fuck with it. He's like, no, I'm so busy. I don't want to muddle anything. How about a beer? You want a beer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I can't uh, I can't be surprised that eventually the reality just turned to, to total, uh, you know, fake. It's false. total make belief. Yeah. And they try to bring in new characters that actually work there. But then that blows up in their face, too, because they're like really uninteresting. And, and the thing with uh, the allyship and 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 pride is it feels very corporate it feels your classic like disney putting a uh, a rainbow flag logo on twitter for their mm-hmm. their profile picture and it, it is very clearly an attempt to get more people at the restaurant to uh to, to boost revenue and uh it's a little slimy there's nothing here that i really latch on to as a reason to to like okay this is a person to look up to this is a person to you know root for this is a person to to, to, to really care about there's there's none of that for me um and there there shouldn't be (laughs) i don't uh, i i think uh i think if anyone were to watch this show and think i want to be on that show i think that's like not great uh and there are people there it's weird because like i'm 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 walking a tightrope here because listen Find your happiness. If you are a person that wants to be on a reality TV show, I don't get it, but fine. It's not my job to get it. But there are people that are like in the background of this show for like years. And then finally they're like a main character. And it's very clear. It's like, oh, they were trying to get on the show. Like maybe they were already friends with the people for real, or they intentionally became friends with the people on the show so they could be on the show. And I just do not know how to feel about that. Yeah. That's also kind of slimy. Like, I, I, I don't see the the desire to be on a reality show as like a thing that people should want. I kind of agree. I mean, like a game show is different, right? If you want to go play Jeopardy, right on. You know, yeah, a game show I would say is different. I mean, there's, there's, it, it, it's, it's like okay, I'm well, gonna. We're never gonna disparage the gamers, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 yeah, and there's like a thing to do there, but right. like again, like you've already described people who got, get on the show and are just like boring, according yeah. to the producers. Um, that either equals to like they don't think these people are insane enough to film <laughs> or they won't listen to the producer's orders. So they like they're they're like refusing the producer's control. So like, oh, yeah, that's boring to them. Sure. Like the moral behind wanting to get on an, a reality show and like be that person that is like insecure and and and, and, and you know, mean and fucking disrespectful and like no like why would you want to be that person it's such a right. an awful role model to make at, at its very core it is simply a piece of media where if, if there's any sort of like moral response it's to like sit back and point your finger and laugh and 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 i think a lot of reality television is based on this idea of you know you can sit back Point your finger and laugh at these dumbasses on camera because your life is hopefully a little bit more stable 
and you're in a better place. There is like a, a seemingly a lot of culture built around the idea that, well, at least that's not as like my, my life isn't that bad. And right. uh, reality <laughs> TV is like a, a cesspool of it. Yeah. Well, and to your point too, think of how many shows like, I mean, this is a spinoff of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Look at the Kardashians. Like people like to watch people that have like way more means than them be extremely sloppy. There is something about that. And even though this show doesn't quite have that same thing, Lisa Vanderpump is like very careful not to get involved in too much drama. Oh, she's such an interesting character, too, because I don't know if you had any opinions about Lisa Vanderpump. But I realized as I watched this show, she's very much positioned as like the matriarch and she tries to stay above the fray. There actually is uh, at the end of season two, a fist fight breaks out. The edit actually does a really good job of building tension and you could tell there's like a palpable sense of like something's about to happen in the room so much so that lisa leaves like she very much like takes a sip of her drink and puts it down and says like well i'm leaving and i think everyone should leave too because it's clearly like she's like i'm not going to be here when punches start happening yeah (laughs) but she also is like there is a vanity to her, of course, not only because she's like doing this show, right? Like you have to be. Yeah, like you, you, you're not exempt because you're the, you know, the owner of the the, the, the the restaurant and the executive producer of the show. Like, no, you're you're still very guilty. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. But also like there's more than one instance where at least from where I'm sitting, it is implied directly or otherwise that like she is not the main focus of the show and she does not like it. (laughs) Uh, The most, the best example I can think of is actually the last episode Jax Taylor is on. So it's like the end of season eight, I think. And he refers to it as my show because he's talking about how like these like relationships, it's like a weird, really actual candid moment from Jax Taylor where he's talking to Lisa Vanderpump and he says like, people don't understand that like, you know, yeah, it is like fun to watch this, but these are like like real relationships I'm affecting, but that's what makes my show successful. And she kind of is like your show. You mean my show? And it is like, I'm sorry, Lisa. It's, it is kind of Jax's show a little bit. Uh, I mean, um, she, she has the namesake for the title, I guess, but yeah, it's, it's a thing where like, this is a person that I, I do not trust. Um, (laughs) Like everybody on the cast falls under that umbrella. But like, yeah, there's no exception for Lisa Vanderpump, right? She's rich. She's a business owner. She's British. You know, it's like it is all of the red flags. I desperately want to eat at the sexy, unique restaurant. Really? Oh, 100 percent. Or Villa Blanca. They have like three or four they own. And one of the seasons they open a new one with the two Toms called Tom Tom. I think Sir is the one, though, that I would uh, I would eat at Sir 100 percent. Do do you want to go eat at Sir while they're filming? Is that is that a, a personal dream of yours? I don't think so, unless I can just make the face in the background. Uh, (laughs) um, But no, I just want to order some very wet chicken from Sir. There's probably a quality to that restaurant that has kept it going aside from just this television show. Um, But my my initial impression is like the food there is probably awful. It's probably fine. I'm probably wrong, but like... I don't know. I just, I think it, it re- like the, the people's attitudes also just spoil the food for me and, uh, and, and everything else. I, I, I don't want to be around it. I don't like it. I'm taking you there for your, uh, for our 40th birthday, 10 years. We're going <sighs> to the sexy unique restaurant. And, Ten years, everybody will have made it. Will be based in L.A. and I guess. We'll, oh no! It, I never it, said that. It'll be. It'll be. You know, mandatory. It'll be expected. You have to. You have to stop by, sir. Do you want to talk about Sheena's music uh, career? 
Lisa Vanderpump is like, you know, your podcast has been doing so well. And ever since you did that episode about my show, I listen to it every day. Uh, it's so great. I like the part where you made fun of me for being British. We're just we're just so happy to have the surprise mechanics here and in person. Um, the producers have have a, a one sheet for you for what they want you to say. So go check in with them. And that's fine. I'm holding the menu going, yeah, that sounds good. Can I get the goat cheese balls? Just not absorbing any of it. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a pump teeny, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Music career. Oh, oh, no. Can you extrapolate on that? What do you mean? No. I'm a musician. So this part was particularly painful. Just like Sheena. Uh, You're just because- like Sheena. Am I, though? <laughs> I didn't know that you could hear a nosebleed. That's so interesting. <laughs> Can you freak bitch is sort of my question for you. Is what? Can you freak bitch? <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot. Okay. That, we should say that's the name of her song. <laughs> this is a, for me, a heavy cringe. And <laughs> I don't, I don't have any, anything ill to say of anybody who's just like, Listen to some music and singing along to it, having a grand time because you're having a grand time. You don't have to have perfect pitch or anything to enjoy music. And music is a very long journey of being terrible for quite a long time until you're somewhat proficient. And even then you're terrible most of the time. It is a huge battle of confidence constantly. And, uh, there's a, there's a lot of challenge in in writing compositions and performing and just becoming better overall. It, it, it is a lifelong journey and it never stops. And um, this person cannot sing. <laughs> they do her so dirty because they keep like she every time she performs, she performs with a track. But then they keep her show mic on and you hear and it's like, oh, poor Sheena. It's really difficult for me to watch because. It is clearly a lot of people behind the camera who are just snickering at this person. Like, like you're in middle school or high school and like they have a dream for sure to, to be a vocalist there. There's like this very clear inspiration from Britney Spears on them. And, um, there, there is a, uh, like a pop, uh, music, culture that they 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 look up to as this like beacon of utopia in the future for their life and um it, it, it's all kind of misguided because uh you know they they just don't have the ability they they, they haven't practiced and, and you can tell that um they haven't practiced because personally i believe that this person can sing very well if they put the time in it's it's a immediately apparent that this person has put like zero hours into it aside from like singing in the shower, you know, for fun. Right. The thing that makes it terrible is that uh, the producers and, and, and probably like the rest of the cast, like they're all in on the joke and they're all sitting back and snickering at this person. It, it really translates to me as just kind of sad. Again, I think you're coming from a place of like a normal human. And I think like this is a great instinct to have. But we're dealing with the Vanderpump Rules cast here. I know. And I think like. This is just so another reason a, why I don't like these people. <laughs> sure, sure. No, totally. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to defending them. Um, 
But like there's a there's an episode where Sheena does a public performance and a lot of them. Sheena's the new girl. She's like kind of on the she's the the uh, sort of black sheep of the cast in this first season. And characters that don't like Sheena straight up admit that they thought she did a great job. And they even tell her after, like, I came here to laugh at you, but I loved your performance. And I think they're being genuine because even in their testimonials in which these folks are like not afraid. That's what's also so interesting about the show and why the reunions are so good, because like they will lie to someone in a scene. But then in the testimonial, they'll straight up be like, yeah, I was just saying whatever I had to do to like end that conversation <laughs> or whatever <laughs> or like i think this person sucks but i didn't want to tell them that and it's obviously that person's going to see it uh but in this case they love sheena's performance and um i'll also say i think sheena shea is a born reality star she does not possess that dark demon in our brains we call shame and it's beautiful like she just she is masterful at weaving her way into stories making sure she's like in a story so she gets that camera time and if this is what she has to do so be it like i don't think uh i don't feel pity <laughs> i guess is what, this what being extroverted is because i don't i, I guess I, maybe I, I have no context you <laughs> like, know i'm well that's another thing not. obviously i don't see myself in sheena and i wouldn't like no thank you <laughs> i don't want to ever do that but like I get maybe you're right. Maybe that is like maybe we're the freaks. Maybe this is what nor like yeah. <laughs> maybe the reason these shows are popular is because everyone else is normal. Everybody else is an extrovert and they're just like lashing on to it. And I'm I'm an introvert over here, like, hmm, well, what's what's my next like nerd obsession, I suppose. Right. But no, I I also I also don't feel any like real connection to that either because the, the whole thing too with um again, we're we're going back to desperate for fame, right? Mm-hmm. And um call me pretentious but there's there's I, I think a difference between pursuing uh art and craft and uh desiring to be famous one has a very mechanical function and that is like you practice and you practice and you practice until your your hands are raw until your mind is numb and then with enough time you now have the ability to make art that doesn't suck congratulations the fame was never the pursuit but the pursuit of fame is very much hollow and doesn't include any of honing your craft and creating good art. It, it's it's a wild thing to see a whole bunch of people who are just enamored by the pursuit of fame and nothing else. There's like a lot we're glossing over, obviously, in season one. We're not going to we're not doing a whole recap of Vanderpump Rules season one here. Um, but I do want to talk a little bit about like the current state of the show. And I want to sort of bleed that into just like a conversation about reality TV in general, because I mentioned how I kind of understand why people like professional wrestling after watching this. And it's because like this is where reality TV gets tricky, right? Because there are at times real ramifications for these people behavior, you know, and that is if nothing else, that much is real. Even if so much of the show is staged, you know, if if someone goes and says something fucked up on an HBO series, that's, you know, just them doing their job as a, as an actor or performer. If someone says fucked up on this, it's like, Oh, you really think that, huh? Or at least you thought it enough to say it on the show. Yeah. You could be incredibly problematic and oof, big oof. Right. And like, uh, uh, Jax Taylor himself, a common refrain he will recite. And, and I have to imagine this is for like a, a lot of reality TV. This is not just exclusive to this show is, well, I was doing it for the show. Like I play things up for the show. I, I act a little bombastic at times for the show. And I think there could be some truth to that. I also think that's a very convenient thing to say, you know, to get yourself out of trouble. But regardless, it, it uh, is passing a, the buck. No, no doubt. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, to use a, a real example, there's a character that you have not met. He is introduced in season three. His name is James Kennedy. I forgot his last name for a second, and and I'm going to leave it in the show because uh, I think that would make him very mad that I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> Uh, and James Kennedy is, he's like portrayed as this like sympathetic character a lot of times, but the dude sucks. The dude is like, is awful. And he's like just as nasty as Jack's, but like not nearly as fun to watch. And he will always body shame people. Katie specifically, he like attacks Katie for her weight a lot. And Katie is like a very healthy woman. She just does not have like the typical California body type. A lot of the other people, even on this show have she, you know, um, but, but it's fucked up. It's none of James's business anyway. Right. I'm like, okay, so even if you're trying to tell me you did that for the show, it's still very telling to me that that was your go-to fucked up behavior. Uh, unless you're trying to go full on, like, um, uh, like, uh, performance art with it. <laughs> and like, really, you're going to like come out of this show in like five years and say, that was a whole thing I was doing. And I've made a secret documentary, uh, which is not the case here. Uh, you're just a fucked up person for saying that and thinking that, but at the same time, the show needs that a little bit, which is like fucked up this whole thing, this whole, like, I, I totally understand why people don't want anything to do with this world. And I don't want much to do with it either. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, to talk about the current state of the show, um, like I mentioned, James is the main character now. There's like a few other people, Ariana, Lala. These are all like from season th- like two and three on. These all become like big characters. And um, the show has had a hard time finding new people that are like even remotely interesting to put on. There's been one new cast member that actually works at Sir that's stuck around over the last few years. Uh, but in this newest season, uh, Kristen and Stasi were fired because long story short, they're like did some racist shit and they like definitely deserved some sort of a reprimand. Um, but then Jax Taylor quit and it's, uh, you know, kind of a common rumor is Jax Taylor quit before he was fired because like if Kristen and Stasi were getting fired, there's no way Jax does not have some skeletons in his closet that could absolutely derail his career. Um, and Jax also is married now. He gets married on the show and they have a son like this new season of the show is like unfucking watchable. Like if you thought this was bad, Mike, uh, there's no way because there's just no one on the show that's remotely fun to watch. And the only actual problematic guy they have that's meant to be the villain is like just like a nasty motherfucker. And you're like, I don't want to watch that. At least Jax Taylor, I can laugh at him because everyone around him is going, no, you're stupid. Shut up. But this guy's just so nasty and a bully that nobody wants anything to do with him in that regard. And so like the show needs like a lovable, problematic doofus. And I say lovable very loosely here, uh, but someone you can like laugh at without feeling too much like you are encouraging them. Someone that makes you feel like it's not so bad being in the fifth circle of hell. I mean, right. now now you've just slipped into the seventh circle of hell. Oops. Like, boo, I hate it here. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, this show is really, really bad now, truly. Um, which for you would mean it's absolutely fucking guttered terrible because you didn't like even season one. You know, I, I'm just really, really impressed with y'all and your breakdown of my my show and, and how it's improved so much over time. I'm I'm really happy to have you at, here at Sir for the first time. Uh, you know, you can see how th- great things are in person too. So thank you so much, Surprise Mechanic. I'm, this is Lisa Vanderpump talking. Yeah, to right. Us no, right I now. got it. Yeah, I'm, do, I'm yeah, doing do, it. Bad. Uh, sorry, do you still have the shrimp rolls? Do you still have those? Yes. Yeah, I'll take those as well, please. Oh, by the way, oh my God, I have to fucking tell you this. Before season two started, Tom uh, Sandoval cheated on Kristen. So Kristen is like really understandably like not trusting him for a lot of season two because Ariana enters the picture. Uh, and there's like rumors going around that Ariana and Tom like did things. But at the end the big revelation of season two is that Jax 
and Kristen fucked around behind Tom's back. And it started because they were watching Drive and then she went down on him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like they tell you that in the show. So they were watching Drive and I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I bet it was the scene where they were driving under the bridge. And and a, a real human being is playing in the background. It was a real hero. That got them all horned up and they uh, couldn't keep their hands off each other. Oh, my God. Uh, and that's then Tom punches Jax for it. And you're like, yeah, I would have done that, too. Um, but uh, so Lala Kent is a character on the show. Would you have done that while wearing your your scorpion I put my jacket? jacket on, yeah. yeah, I would have got, got the gloves, too, to protect my hands. <laughs> all right. Just don't bring a hammer. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want to take it too far. I come in with that mask and they go, Roman, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> it's like clearly me. I have my glasses on over it. <laughs> How else would you see? How else? Like, exactly. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to miss and hit someone else. Lala Kent is brought onto the show and she's a character. And we're, I mean, she, she we could talk a lot about her, but, uh, and I will. So sit down. No. Um, but she is like, she has this like secretive boyfriend. That they like don't. It's very like Will, like Wilson Fisk. They don't even say his name for like a couple of seasons. Like like he does not want his name spoken. Uh, but then he eventually comes on the show, and it's because he was like going through a divorce. Like Lala was like his girlfriend while he was still with his wife. Um, and his name is Randall Emmett, and he's like a movie producer. And he was actually featured. They talked about him in one of the recent Red Letter Media uploads. Uh, they did an episode of their series Half in the Bag where they talked about all of those like Bruce Willis movies that are made just for like Redbox or streaming. Yes. And Randall Emmett is the producer on those movies. <laughs> and so like he is like a working producer. Um, and he apparently told Lala and Lala mentioned it on the show that Martin Scorsese likes Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> cool it is cool good for marty it is cool uh yeah and uh it was very it was a real world's colliding moment for me when i'm watching red letter media and they talk about randall emmett and they of course don't even mention the show well is there anything you wanted to talk about before we move on to the sauce no i i I can't think of anything right now in that case let's move on to the sauce so michael I'll have you go first. You're going to make me rate it. And I want you to say, and I want you to say it in a complete sentence, please. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate Vanderpump Rules? What are we rating it out of? Um, uh, my fucking birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm on the hook. It, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the metric is is your birthday. That's what that's a that's a line from the show for anyone not familiar. Oh, that is. I, I thought you were making a reference to your personal birthday and not a oh, line both. from the show. I, I have uh, I got layers, man. I got a lot of things going on. You're like like an onion. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a Shrek. Because <laughs> <laughs> like like in in my heart, this show has uh on a scale of one to ten, uh, ten out of ten fucking birthdays not not very high regard and in my mind but i think you already knew that and you were kind of expecting a low rating from me anyway that's crazy a perfect 10 that's crazy wow yes yes. you loved it 
Oh, man, that's crazy. Well, I think I have to agree, and I have to give this show a perfect 10. So we're welcoming it to the uh, Perfect Tens Club, right up there with Disco Elysium. Wow. That's wow. crazy that this show is sitting on the same pedestal on such a prestigious program as Surprise Mechanics as Disco Elysium. That's so cool. I can hear the phones ringing. Oh, well, uh, hello? Oh, hey, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. You heard just now, too? We uh yeah, we we loved it. We we absolutely loved uh-huh. the new season and the new episode, new bonus content. Yeah, yep, Bravo TV. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ask her if they still have the buffalo chicken bites. Hey, do you still have the buffalo chicken bites? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, we'll be I'll right take over. Those too. We'll be right over. Yeah. Roman said he's going to take some of those too. You know, you know our usual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be right on by. Thanks, sweetie. I don't know why I said sweetie. Sweetie, yeah. No, sweetie. Like, yeah, yeah. Did you have fun? Did I have fun? I I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd describe, like recording this episode. Yes, uh, watching <laughs> Vanderpump Rules. I don't know if I'd call that fun. Uh, are you gonna watch seasons two to three? Oh, hold on a moment. My my headphones unplugged themselves. Um, <laughs> my uh, <laughs> headphones committed sepakim. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my ears did when I first heard. Uh, yeah. Uh, heard heard this show. Um. No. No. I I'm not going to carry on. So there's a chance, right? Never say never. Well, thanks. I appreciate you watching what you did. Three seasons is a big ask, to be fair. So there's like 40 episodes in that too, and and uh, yeah, this this stuff yeah. is is not at all subtle. Nope. <laughs> it is it is like okay, well, I need to binge three seasons of a TV show, and it is just the most like in your face, uh, insane whatever constantly, and that's right. Um. I very much had to take a break at one point because I was generating a headache and <laughs> you're vibrating. <laughs> it, it It is not very often that ha- that happens to me and in, in my everyday life, let alone uh, caused by a piece of media. You know, our first ever reality TV show, show awards got to got to give it to Vanderpump rules for the gave Mike a blistering headache award. So it sounds like it's pretty cerebral. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm getting another call from Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all won. Yeah. 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 How exciting. We'll, uh, we'll be by to, to bring the, the statue, the award, uh, over later today. No, is she pissed? She didn't get an invite for the show. Oh no, not really. I think it'd be, were you, were you, were you you upset about that? Like, did you want to be on the pod tonight? Like, no, no, no. She got lost in the mail. She she was she was busy, so she said no. Yeah, okay. I was lost in the mail. It's okay. Yeah, well, maybe next time we'll 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 do a follow up or or may, yeah no oh okay she said it's fine we don't have to do a follow up uh, she's really really okay. really excited about about this one so thanks for celebrating my birthday with me Michael I look forward to what you pick for your birthday and your birthday's in May correct it is it is in May um, okay and and once again happy birthday Roman thank you um yeah I, I'm looking forward to the reversal of this this uh, blood pact. I am too. I'm looking forward to whatever you throw my way. And thanks everyone for watching, listening rather. Thanks everyone for listening. I sincerely hope at least one person who listens to this gives an episode of Vanderpump Rules a shot. Watching with your ears? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's something. Let's, Let's workshop that. Thank you, algorithm. Thank you, algorithm.